All You Need to Know is brought to you by no one. No one at all. Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and Isaac Bayer. Have you seen these Subway sidekicks? You know what I'm talking about? You know, the only video I saw of it was of a guy giving it to a cow. So, giving you know, if you're talking like, cow. oh, giving one of those cookies to the cow or the pretzel. He gave one of both. He gave one of all of them. He fed his livestock subway sidekicks? He was like, let's kicks? see. Yeah, he's like, let's see if the cows like it. And the cow did Interesting. like it. So, so you've, I'm not you've heard sure of it. You're to. aware. Yeah. So, yeah. For those that aren't aware, and of course, Subway is not a sponsor of today's episode by any means, though we would welcome uh, a sub Subway sponsorship. I, I do love Subway from time to time. They have introduced something called Subway Sidekicks, which are things that I guess can be paired with or eaten alongside their Subway sandwiches. Uh, these are foot long, uh, air quotations around foot long. Uh, options that you can order in addition to the large sandwich that you're buying from them. Are you doing that? What's that? You buying them? You buying those things? I haven't gotten one of these, but basically... Are you even going to Subway? Not as much as I used to. I used to frequent Subway more often, but basically these sidekicks, you've got three options. It's a foot-long pretzel, it's a foot-long churro, and it's a foot-long cookie. Now... Have you heard about the total calorie count for the footlong cookie? No. I mean, it's a cookie. It's a footlong. I can't. I cannot imagine. 1,440 calories. Uh, That's not too bad. Well, what is the daily calorie intake? I remember learning about it. It's somewhere like maybe a little over 2,000, but like somewhere around 2,000 calories. So that is almost a day's worth of calories in one a food item, which is just dangerous. And Subway, it's just so funny because I think that they used to market themselves as this health conscious, like, oh, we can help you eat better um, and eat fresh if you come into our establishment as opposed to, uh, I don't know, another place that would be quick to eat at. And now, and now they're just saying, here is a... 1500 calorie cookie that you could literally put on your subway sandwich you could order a let's say italian bmt and then open up the bread put the cookie inside of it close the bread and then just eat it all together which would be disgusting but i think having those things uh, also a foot long almost implies that that's what you're supposed to do now d- now correct me if i'm wrong but that's crazy just what, that's what i'm that. feeling well, if it, you know what I'm feeling, it's the American dream. All right, the American, the American, the American culture is, you know, have whatever you want and have it when you want it. Yep. And if I want a foot long cookie for how much is it? Four bucks, five dollars? I don't know how much it is. Uh, That's my I think, guess. I think they go. It's I, I don't know. I can look it up real quick. It's like two dollars, three dollars, four dollars. I think the cookie is four. Yeah, that seems about right. A foot long cookie for four dollars. If you want to. Uh, just like in Parks and Rec, when they have the big debate over like the massive gulp or whatever, it's like, you know, a gallon of, it's like just an absurd it's chi- amount. It's of, a of child food. size. Uh, and it's it's the literal <laughs> size of a child. I know what you're talking about. 
Yes. And people should be allowed to do that. You know, just like Ron Swanson says, if I want to balloon up to 300 pounds and die of a heart attack, I should be allowed to do it. Exactly. So Subway's, Subway's only doing what they know is good to American culture. And it just seems now people are talking about it. And that's one thing. Any good publicity or any publicity is good publicity. Right. Uh, but it just seems kind of odd. Um, and this says the new menu will also include a footlong churro. They all apparently cost between two to three dollars. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know exactly what the pricing is. I thought it was two, three, four. It was like a rising scale to where you had to contemplate the un the, the more unhealthy you got, the more you paid for whatever whatever item you were getting. But uh, it is interesting, and it kind of does that whole you know subway sidekicks. That's not the main topic of today's episode, though. It does kind of tie in because we are talking about uh, a certain thing where subway might come up again. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but. Uh, you haven't tried a subway sidekick. I haven't tried a subway sidekick, but apparently a cow has, and maybe that's what they were meant to do. And if you order one, maybe you are figuratively a cow as well, because you're eating, Oh, be uh, very careful. you're eating a full, you know, foot long loaf of bread with stuff stuffed inside of it. And that's not enough for you. You also have to get a foot long churro pretzel or cookie to go along with it. And I think let's be honest. A bag of chips was the perfect sidekick for these sandwiches, right? You know, we didn't need a, a, another option. Uh, so I think Subway has officially just said to hell with the health conscious part of our business plan. Let's just You can still give be these health people, conscious. let's just give You just these people don't buy what the they cookie. want. But it's Just tempting. don't buy. They already had, they already have cookies Oh, for sale. it's tempting. Yeah, They that's already have my cookies point. for It's sale. like, if you have the self-control before, just have it now. Well, but I, I do think, though, that the cookies that they already sold, normal-sized cookies, they would probably be around $2. So it's like, well, if I can get a footlong cookie for four, I'm just going to be saving money. Next thing you know, you're powering through your footlong sandwich and the footlong cookie. And I, I don't want to get too far into it because it, it is a little depressing. But we are going to go from that, uh, say, my name is Quinn Eaton. With me today is Isaac Bayer. This is episode 299. Today's topic, going out to eat. I can't wait to see what he's got in store for next week. Don't don't get your hopes up because I, I don't have anything nailed down. He's busy. He's got a real job. He's living. Let's not. He let, no, can't. let's not. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have time to I'm going plan to anything extravagant. I'm going to bleep that out because I don't want you to give away my location. All right. That's not. What if I gave your How many address? times have I said it? I'll bleep that out to you. But It uh, could have been. It could have been anything. It could have been anywhere. but anyways, episode 300. Yes. Coming up fast. We're going to try to put something together here in the last week. Uh, it does seem like something that I should have been planning more ahead on. He's And, been very busy. uh, but at the same time, all you need to know, you know, it's never been a podcast with a lot of preparation. So That I is think so it's true. only right to celebrate this milestone in all you need to know fashion, which is to throw things together at the last minute and see what sticks. But we're not at episode 300 yet. We're at episode 299, so it's still a very special episode, right? Because we're just so close to that milestone, and we like to celebrate our uh, 150s, 200s, 250s, 300s, uh, because it's a big deal. It's a milestone, right? But we're we're, we're not going to look too far ahead. Instead, we're going to reel it back to today's topic, which is going out to eat. Now, this is something that a lot of people do, 
something that a lot of people budget for or don't budget for, and then it gets them financially in trouble. So how, and I'll, and I'll throw this question to you to open it up, how does one decide to go out to eat? I think there's a couple um, a couple avenues you're traveling down. I think the first one is uh, lazy, and you're like, I don't want to cook. The second one is probably, I could cook, but I don't have anything in the house. And maybe the third one is it's a matter of convenience. You're getting off work at an inconvenient time. You just need something, uh, you know, you, you you don't have time to cook. It's dinner time as it stands. Could be a special occasion. People go out to eat on purpose a lot for right. special occasions. I think those are the big ones. I think those are the main ones you're going to encounter. So you said special occasion, convenience, and laziness are the main reasons why. Yeah, that's pretty would... good someone would go out to eat. And I think that that pretty much covers it. I usually have it planned out to where I know a couple of days in advance, I'm going to go out to eat. I know some people are maybe the type of people that look in their fridge and they say, okay, it looks like we're going out to eat tonight. You know, that's fine if that's the way you do it. But I do try to kind of plan ahead with my food because food's very important to me. Probably one of my number one favorite things about being alive is eating food. So I definitely have it on the radar, on the calendar, have things planned out. And whenever you do go out to eat, there are different levels, right? So we just went over, you know, how do you decide to go out? But then there's also the where, right? Where do you go out to eat? And the different levels of, of those restaurants that you usually have to choose from are usually categorized as fast food, fast casual, and full service. So that's casual for someone that is confused. You're making that up. No, no, no. I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to kind of line this up and and clear up any confusion. Fast food, of course, that's that's simple, right? It's your McDonald's, it's your Burger King, your Chick Fil A, your Zaxby's, your Hardee's, your White Castle, uh, your your I don't know. Insert whatever fast food restaurant here. Those are pretty self explanatory. Now, when you get to fast casual, that's a little bit different. And there is a gray area here because I do feel like there are there are different sides. Like there's one lower end fast casual, one higher end fast casual. Fast casual for most people means you're going to Applebee's, you're going to a Cheddar's, a Chili's, you know, those, those types yeah. of restaurants, P.F. Chang's possibly. Um, I honestly would group in also restaurants like uh chipotle and um i guess what's the panda express like those things where it's like you have a choice but then again that gets into a dangerous situation because it's like okay what's the difference between those and let's say a subway which we kind of what i was thinking before yeah that's kind of you know, what i was thinking but you know that that those kinds of restaurants feel like maybe they should have their own category because if applebee's is fast casual you know, a step down from that, which actually arguably might be a step up from that is, you know, a situation where you go and tell somebody how to make your burrito and then sit down in the restaurant and eat it. So that's mm. a little bit of a gray area there, but you've got fast casual. What do you think then, of Panera? A Panera? I think Panera is fast casual. I really do. Um, so fast casual dependent on, is it a drive through? I don't think that that necessarily matters especially with because the, what's the difference between an arby's and a panera it's it's they're both it, selling sandwiches a mcallister's and a panera 
versus an Arby's, and you're making up words now. I'm not, and it's really hard to describe, and I hate to get profane, but it's kind of like pornography, right? It's hard to it's hard to define, oh but, but you know it when you see it, right? That's and a so, that's a Supreme Court definition. That is the Supreme Court definition. So that's how I will defend myself whenever you ask me what's the difference between an Arby's and a Panera. I don't know, but I know it when I see it. Clearly, they can't a, Panera, argue with that. a Panera is a little bit more, feels a little bit more upscale than your uh, typical Arby's where you're showering your roast beef sandwich with horsey sauce and, uh, I don't know, horsey Arby's sauce. Arby's sauce. Yeah, give me that horsey sauce. I, I love, love Arby's sauce. curly fries. They're not bad. Nothing better. You can buy them in the bag. You can buy like a two-pound bag of frozen Arby's fries. Did you know from, that? From them or in the freezer aisle? At the supermarket. Okay. I'll be I'll be on the lookout for that. I I've been those. doing it for years. And it tastes the exact same? Yeah. You would think that's dangerous to do. Yeah. But, Why is that? Why would it well, be dangerous? I mean, you, you would think you'd want to drive, you know, drive people down to your local Arby's instead of just, hey, here's the exact same thing in the freezer aisle that you can make at home. But anyways, full service is a sit-down restaurant. You know, I'm thinking... Uh, the lower end of this would be like a cheesecake factory uh, where, you know, you've lower got end. Yeah. Where you've got different types of, uh, of entrees being brought to you. You maybe, maybe it's a three course, four course meal, right? A full service thing is where you maybe get a Holy little dress moly. dressed up to go to. Uh, so well, then with, what would you call like a longhorns? A longhorn I think is, is full service. Now let me take you one step down. Texas okay. roadhouse. I still think that's technically, well, I, t Texas Roadhouse. You're talking three or four course dress because, up because I you're going to do that. At no, I, I would I would bring that back to fast casual, uh, but I do think there's a fine line. I do think Longhorn can kind of sneak into the full service category. But listen, I'm I'm just trying to describe this, give people a, a clearer picture of how these work, and you're asking me questions that are muddy. I think you know, the only thing the you've done. I think that's on you. I think you're the one muddy in the water here. I'm trying to get a bit of clarification so we can have some clear demarcations. And you're out here, you're out here trying to explain yourself by doing backflips. Regardless, those are your options for whenever you go out to eat. Okay. It's like, how much time do I have? Uh, how much money do I have? Uh, and do I want a more upscale option or, or do I just want to go and sit in the corner booth at Arby's and shamefully suck down a couple beef and cheddars, right? There, there are, there are a couple of different things that you have to kind of go through to a checklist, if you will, to kind of determine where you want to end up whenever you go out to eat. Now, whenever you go out to eat with that in mind, is it for the experience uh, or is it the convenience for you? It it's gonna depend. When you're looking at going out to eat, you need to you need to consult multiple variables. All right. The first one's gonna be price. That's what you got to be ready for first. The second one's gonna be convenience, speed. And I think if, if you're gonna just break it down real simple, those are the two main ones. I think you definitely need to consider price and you need to consider speed. You need to consider the type of food, because that's also going to make a difference, right? You Obviously, you're going to want to go one place over another place, depending on what you want to eat. And sometimes that is going to limit your choice of food. You're and, not getting fast food with sushi, for example. Right. 
And but things are are really expanding and and, and you actually you can't say that for sure cuz maybe there is like a fast food sushi option out there now. Like it it has really revolutionized it seems like in the past uh I don't know decade or two decades where there are a lot more fast food options than there used to be and a lot more specialized fast food but whenever you said types of food that's the big thing for me is i'm not going to go out and i'm not i'm not going to go out to a restaurant and order something that i would normally make for myself at my own place of residence regardless of where that is i don't want really? to specify but like you i don't want me to No, please don't say YouTube. I've already believed okay. that a couple of times. But so I'm I'm gonna go out and try um a a dish that I I don't regularly make at home or I don't confidently make at home. Like I know that this place is gonna have something that's that's good versus you know what I would normally make. So I would be upset if you know I went out to eat and all they had was spaghetti with meat sauce, right? I can make that. I feel pretty good about that. But then you look at to, into some of the specialty items that they maybe uh, showcase at their restaurant, order one of those, and you get to kind of explore a little bit, a little culinary exploration, if you will. Uh, and, and that to me, like if it is an experience, it's because I want to experience something that I wouldn't normally have at my own home. Do you think that this is a product of maybe like a lack of self-confidence in the kitchen? Me specifically, Yeah. it's I mean, to like, for example, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. I just want to bring in a, a bit of context. I'm a big sushi enjoyer. I've uh started making sushi at home, -huh. sure. which is not a, I don't think it's that common, but it's also not that hard. Do you think that maybe you're like, oh, uh, uh, a blooming onion, like, you know, it's God putting it, whipping it up in the kitchen. Well, it's probably just an onion like dipped in batter. Like you don't think you could handle it in your own kitchen. And and it's one of those things like I'm gonna let Outback handle the blooming onion, right? They do the blooming onion. They're known for the blooming onion. Why would I make a blooming onion whenever I could just set aside a night and know that I'm gonna go out to the Outback and get some shrimp on the barbie and order a blooming onion, right? Like that. Let them handle it, right? If they specialize in it, let them handle it, and then make it a night where you can go out and enjoy it. It's not necessarily a lack of confidence. Sometimes it's a lack of ingredients, right? One thing that, that kind of, uh, I guess, intimidates me whenever it comes to cooking, and I, and I do love to cook, I don't have a ton of time to cook. And one of the things that kind of hinders me from cooking more is looking up a recipe and saying, oh, great, I got to go get eight different, you know, spices and marinades and sauces that I don't have. And then I don't know how often I'm going to use these. And that's just, you know, with the price of groceries and, and stuff like that nowadays, You know, maybe you're better off just going and spending twenty five dollars one time versus buying all the all the ingredients. It, it, it's a little intimidating for me, is all I'll say. This is a weak, this is a weak man's mentality because the, the, the because the reality of cooking is you have a variety of ingredients that you have in your house and when you have inspiration you put you draw upon the the stores in the home you know what I'm saying you build Yeah. it up over time because Right. you don't have to buy you know you buy the chipotle powder and the chili powder and the paprika and the parsley and so on and so forth now you have a spice rack. And you're like, oh, we should do so-and-so one day. And you're like, oh, well, I don't need to worry about going to the store. I've got the stores in the house. Sure. And that's that's That... true. If you build it up to a certain point, that's not something that's a problem. 
And we do have plenty of spices, but it just comes down to some of those other things that you occasionally have to grab for me. How And much I know is a pound of ground beef uh, it's it, a pound of in ground your beef neck of the woods? probably probably running me about eight, eight to ten dollars. No kidding. Yeah. It were, you see, I'm living in beef country out here, and I didn't really consider the price of ground beef until lately when I went to the store and I was going to make burgers, and I got three pounds of ground beef, and I put it on the I – I had relayed this to a friend. I said 20 pounds or three pounds of ground beef, 20 bucks. Yeah. And he was losing his mind because he lives on the West Coast. He said, I can get a pound for almost $20. Exactly. There's, there's See, different. and see, now that's interesting. I also, I also, I'm not going to specify which state I live in, but I live in a state with a grocery tax. So there, there Thank are, you. there, there are things that, uh, you know, come into A play grocery there. tax Yes. separate to but parallel with the sales tax? I, I believe so, but In addition? let's, let's not get, uh, you know, Wow. caught up in the weeds there. And, and while we're talking about cost, let's go ahead and talk about, or I guess pose the question, is it cost effective to go out to eat? Because sometimes you do have to consider prices. And uh, if you're going to go out and have a couple of, uh, of adult beverages, right, you know, that's going to add up quickly. So the cost effectiveness of going out to eat to you, it, it, it's, is it worth it to go out? Or is it like, oh, we'll go out every so often? What? How do you approach going out to eat whenever it comes to pricing? It really generally you just want an interval of time between the goings out where you're like really craving you know food that you would not otherwise be making um and i think that's a good enough reason other you know aside from necessity and you can't cook and you have to go out to get something i think you're like oh we haven't been out in like a week and a half i think that's pretty you know For a reasonable price now, if you're like, oh, well, we, we want this kind of food specifically and the total ingredients to make it or to plan for it would like greatly exceed that which you would spend at home, you know, or at the restaurant, then, then I think I think that that's also a good reason probably to go out and eat. The the tough All thing, you can eat buffets, right, for example. right, and and actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I just saw uh, the classic viral instructional video from the old country buffet. Have you seen that in a while, or do you know what I'm talking about at all? I'll I have you know what no I think I do to, I'll actually have to I'll have to send it to you if you haven't. But it's basically uh, it was created, I guess, back in the late '80s or early '90s uh, for the person that worked as the buffet. carver so the guy that like stood by the roast beef and the ham teaching uh whoever had that position to interact with customers and how to cut the big rump roast or uh you know thing of ham Mm. Mm, so correctly good. and so it was encouraging this guy and Yeah. and he's just a sweaty weird guy encouraging him to talk He's to customers jovial, though. He he is is so happy, though. and so he was asking customers hey did you see the game last night Or uh, it's a hot one out there, huh? Like just very bland elevator speak. One of the questions I think they told him to ask or just post it was, uh, have you tried the lasagna? It's my favorite. And uh, I actually read one of the comments that said like the guy is just trying to move people to the lasagna so he doesn't have to carve up more ham and, and beef. But I, I, I don't see and you don't see buffets as much as you used to anymore. I, I think. Um, back in 2020, you know, whenever all that stuff happened, I do believe that Stop. kind of that that kind of uh, I guess said, hey, let's shut down these because maybe they're Yeah. not the most hygienic forms of I uh, mean, eating out. 
We tried to kill Golden Corral, but like the cockroach it is, it's stuck around and you can't get rid of it. And you can still go stick your finger in the chocolate fountain, I believe. I haven't ever been to one, but it is on my bucket list. But whenever I'm going out to eat, I think about the cost effectiveness. Now, if you're going to an all-you-can-eat buffet, that's a great deal. Hard to beat. And you can eat whatever you want. Um, Occasionally, restaurants will do a thing where it's all-you-can-eat wings, all-you-can-eat shrimp. You know, things like that shrimp fest at uh, Red Lobster, right? All these different uh, promotional deals where you can just eat as much as you want uh, for one price. That, if you're feeling gluttonous, is a great way to get your money's worth. But for me, if I'm going out to eat, now that I'm an adult, I, I remember whenever I was a kid, I was just like, I can order whatever I want. This is great. Uh, now that I'm an adult, I'm looking at prices and saying, well, I mean, I feel like that's kind of expensive for the pork chop or... Uh, man, they're charging $13 for a beer here. I could go to the grocery store and get, and get a 12-pack of beer for probably $15. Like, I'm always thinking about that. And I will die on the hill of breakfast. Going out to eat for breakfast has to be the biggest scam of all restaurants. And I know that people... I know That's that a fool. That's a foolish thing to say. I know that people love to do it. And I myself occasionally like to go out to a breakfast establishment and get breakfast food but for someone that, that does it on the regular right and and okay. and and they're they're eating breakfast maybe every other day out or every week they're getting a breakfast meal out breakfast food is number one it's one of the best foods uh one of the best food groups that that has ever existed i love breakfast mm -hmm. food i can always i'm always down for some breakfast food but number two it is rather inexpensive. Uh, and, and you can get a bunch of eggs. You can get a bunch of bacon. You can get a bunch of biscuits and pancake mix for a pretty... Bacon is? It's $8 a pack, maybe more, depending on what you're getting. Right. But whenever you go out to a restaurant, uh, a meal that... A breakfast meal that you probably paid $60 for, I think, cost... $60? Hey, hey, I'm just saying. Where are you going to breakfast? I bet no, certain, no, no. Certain Don't places. even start talking. I know you're going to some artisan. There are certain brunch places that, that you walk artisan out of there. Nonsense. It I'll tell you like... right now. I've been going to Waffle House since I was a child. I've been going to Waffle House. It's gotten more I'll expensive. You, it had now. I'll give it to you. It's gotten a little more expensive, but ten dollars for the All Star Special, and you're telling me you can beat you can beat that? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's just because breakfast food is not hard to prepare and it is inexpensive to purchase. So, yes, $10 for the All-Star Meal isn't great. Now, if you think back, it used to be, I think, just under $7. You know, what's the deal here? What are we doing? Um, back to me, I'm just always going to have trouble going out to breakfast and thinking that I couldn't have made this myself at home for a third of the price. Because I do feel like of all the meals that you could eat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the biggest variation of the price that you paid and how much it cost comes with a breakfast meal whenever you're out to eat. That's that's my personal belief. That's how I feel. I might be wrong, but I'm I'm telling you, I do think I'm onto something there. Like the the cost that it it takes for the restaurant to make it versus the price that they sell you uh, that meal. I feel like the biggest gap is with breakfast. That's all I'll say. So it's not. We're maybe in agreement that eat, going out to eat not the most cost effective, but Whenever you're going out to eat, it is kind of that like, oh, I get to go out and people bring me things 
And, uh, you know, I get to experience a meal that maybe I wouldn't have cooked myself. Like there is that aspect of it's a, it's a service you're paying almost for, uh, the experience as, And then, and then we don't tip for the service. well, in some cases, uh, and it would just depend on said service, but thank you for mentioning that because we do have to talk about the bill. So there's a classic Jerry Seinfeld bit where. You know, he orders all this food, right? You order all What's this food. up with airplane food? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he orders all the food and then you eat the food and then you get the bill and you're like, I, you know, I'm full. You know, I don't want to pay for all this. Like, you know, who ordered all this? This wasn't me that, that ordered all this. This is the before guy that ate, that ordered all this, right? Sometimes that does happen where you get the bill. Um, I know I've seen it a couple of times from my father, shout out to Scooter, where you get the bill, you look at it, and then you hold it. Dads especially do this. They they look at the bill, and then they either back their head up and squint their eyes, or they move the bill away from them, as if to check that the price is right. They can't believe their eyes. Yes. They can't believe that the four meals and drinks that they just ordered added up to this number. Uh, I do remember one time, because I guess... Uh, In, in my dad's old age that he, he needs glasses, um, he handed over the, the bill, uh, making sure that it was however much it was, I guess hoping that he was seeing the number wrong. And I was able to confirm that it was the price that he feared. Uh, and so that happens, it feels like a lot. And asking for the bill, like, is that something that you do before like i i honestly i'm the type of person that i would like to eat and just kind of hit the road you know so i wouldn't mind to have already been given the bill like maybe while i'm still eating right so then i can kind of you know you know like finishing up not like right with the but like hey i you know you're, i can see you're still working on your mashed potatoes no rush here's the ticket uh you know no rush at all and that's just nice to know that it's there because i have been too many times on the other side where you finish and then you're sitting there And you're not getting any service, you're not getting any refills, and you're just trying to track down the ticket. And so, you know, as as many times as you raise that one finger up, or you kind of uh, motion, you know, the little pen writing. That's my fate. That's my little thing. <laughs> that's my favorite. So Isaac just did the pen writing thing uh, in the Zoom. Uh, but you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. You you kind of air write something up in the air towards. towards the server and they get it and they know and then they 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 bring it by like that is You've never one had of my to do that, you've never had to actually. do that I have had, I've had servers where I've been like, hey, I'm ready for the bill, or can I get the bill whenever you get a chance. I've never air written towards the server, though. i've done i've done Have the you? old i've done the old air written and now it i i will put out that it is the the more uh irate that you are about how long you've waited the higher the pin gets and the faster the pin gets in the air, right? Crazy. Does that make sense? No, So, I mean, I get so if it. I'm No, not no, in a rush, I haven't if it hasn't done it, been, but I if understand. it hasn't been too long, maybe I'm doing it like chest high. I, I make eye contact and do the, do the, do the writing motion. Now, if I've waited for a little bit and I'm getting a little fed up, then the check and the pin move a little bit eye level. But if I'm sitting there livid that I've, I've waited 20 minutes For the server to bring me the ticket, it's above the head, aggressive, fast riding, big strokes. And I think that that is just one of those things Holy that happens moly. when you ask for the bill. 
Um, and then again, like, like we kind of talked about, you get it and you're like, Oh, Oh man, like sheesh. You know, I didn't realize there this was this much that the tax Yeah. added up to that. Uh, and then I'll you, say this. yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, you mentioned tipping, then there's the tipping part, you know, it's like, okay, they, they say, Hey, I like that they give you suggestions now. It's like 20%, 25%, 30%. just so for those people that are math challenged that don't want to do the math, Math it, challenge. it, it gives them, you know, the price that they can Nice. just write at the bottom. And, Yeah. and, and they know what to, what to do as the tip. I, uh, you know, here's the thing about going out. When it's like, uh, when it's like fast food or, I mean, even if you're going to like an Applebee's or something or a Panera, you like kind of, you kind of go into it on the cheap. You know what I'm saying? You go in there, like, let me get something somewhat cost effective. Um, and, and, and that's how you're planning. But like, I would, I would argue that you go to a nice place, like um, after the holidays, I returned home and I made reservations at a really nice restaurant. Um, and I knew it was going to be fancy. I knew it was going to be pricey. And I went into it knowing that. And therefore, I wasn't like penny pinching the menu. Sure. I was like, I'm going to get something I want. I'm going to get an appetizer. I think I'll probably get a dessert. Maybe And you you get got the bill a, and you're like, oh, well. maybe you got a steak that you knew it was, Yeah. you know, it's a good steak. You know, this place makes good steaks, Right. that kind of thing. And sometimes you got to go in with that attitude. You can't always be pinching pennies when it comes to eating out because then Exactly. you're not going to be enjoying eating out. Yeah. You, sometimes you have to go into it knowing it's going to be expensive, but, you know, you might as well get your money's worth, you know, while you're there. Uh, and that's not a bad attitude to have, I think. No, and that's, and that's true. And, I think this this closing question is is perfect. Whenever you go out to eat, do you feel like you leave more often full of food or full of regret? Which which one whenever you're walking out of let's say the Olive Garden or whatever restaurant you just ate out at, uh are you are you walking out feeling full or feeling full of regret? I'm full every time. Listen, uh, going out to eat is, it's an attitude, all right? You don't, don't go out to eat if you can't spend the money, don't want to spend the money, don't want to eat the food. Go out to eat when you are pleased to go out and it's a place you like. And, you know, if you're leaving a restaurant filled with regret, it ought to be because of something that's not your fault. It ought to be because the restaurant has messed up or has slighted you in some way. You know what I'm saying? it's it's also possible to leave feeling both right maybe you 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 leave feeling full of food and because you ate so much food you're leaving also full of regret because you you powered through that last part of your uh, shrimp fried rice right and maybe you shouldn't have maybe you should have left it there but maybe sometimes Well, when you go out to eat there's that uh i don't know that pressure to finish what is served to you right because You know, you could take it home, but, you know, you might as well just eat it here, that kind of thing. But I think for the most part, I'm I'm feeling more full whenever I'm leaving. Um, and especially if I had a hearty conversation, you know, with the people that I went out with, I'm, feel, I'm feeling fulfilled and full, like a full heart. Um, so that's always good. Now, there is always that thing, like you go out to eat, it wasn't a good experience. The service was bad. The food wasn't to your liking. Maybe that's when you leave full of regret. Uh I know there's a story that you and I both experienced that we could easily get into, but sadly, we don't have enough time to get into We won't it, have to get into it. even though I know that you would love to talk about, you know, the service. Episode 299A, the addendum, the dinner service story. Right. Yeah. Which uh, basically was just uh, how I feel about 
uh, tipping is like it, de it depends on service and the better you do, the more I'll tip, the worse you do, you know, I'll knock off a couple, you know, a, a dollars here and there. It's, it's that kind of thing. But unfortunately we don't have time to get into it because we did. forbid you ever do a topic about tipping they're canceling i it. think we it'll did be all over for a one no i think there's I no think, way i was present for that i think i think we talked about tipping um already and i'll have to check but i will have to wrap it up and you will have to also wrap it up there because we've reached that threshold that we always try to get to whenever we're talking about a topic which just means we've been talking for about a little over 35 minutes and we need to close things out but i i feel good about this one maybe we spent a little bit of too much too much time uh at the front talking about subway sidekicks even though i am intrigued by them and i'll try to seek out one of those cookies and and see what it's all about but uh, that's going to do it for this episode of all you need to know my name is quinn eaton i'm isaac Kerr. and this has been all you need to know this has been all you need to know if you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email at all you need the number two no zero zero at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and tune in every Wednesday because here at AYN2K, we've got you covered.